Hey, in the immortal words of Judy Brown, happiness is a choice. And we're happy you spend some time with us on a Monday and overreaction Monday. I am Chip Brown, joined by the one and only, the right call, Zay Collier. Zay, we, we are... We are recapping a bloodbath weekend for Texas uh, football teams. Longhorns, Aggies go down. Cowboys get demolished. <laughs> Little Dak energy. Three oh. interceptions. Oh. I'm done with Dak. Um, the Texans play their butts off but lose because Bijan's a freak. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dude, he caught a pass one-handed behind his back. And then juke the dude. And then juke the dude. And then juke the dude. Hit the dude for a little stutter step and man to the end zone. And I know he was pissed off because he fumbled that game too. Yeah, that's very uncharacteristic for B. John Robinson. He hasn't fumbled since last year against Texas Tech. So for him to have a fumble in that game and then redeem himself like he did, hey, man, only B. John could do something like that. So, yeah, tough one for the Texans. But if they lose to somebody, then I'm good with them losing to – the Cowboys, because I mean, excuse me, the Falcons, because I like the way CJ Stroud's playing. That dude's a player. Of course, my Lions just roll on. Um, but let's get into this uh, post mortem because we did talk to Steve Sarkeesian today. No players, but Steve Sarkeesian, he was in a very forthcoming mood. I thought he kind of opened up about the red zone woes. He openly second guessed himself about he said in hindsight I should have run the the slant to worthy on third and goal instead of fourth and goal he said he got stubborn and went back to the failed play on first down on third down and of course he had his heavy package in with Tavandre Sweat and Byron Murphy which Zay, if you go back and watch it, it just allowed OU to bunch seven guys up on the line like it's, you know, fourth and inches to save your life. So they had 11 defenders within two yards of the offensive, you know, line of scrimmage. And, um, you know, it tends to help if you spread things out and have a run pass option. And I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm just sitting here thinking Savion Red, who had another third and one conversion, he's now perfect. I don't know. I mean, do you bring Savion Red in and run some kind of, you know, zone read or some kind of option play with Jonathan Brooks and see how that goes? But yeah. I don't know. This there this is way too hard. This is way harder than it should be. Let's put it that way. But uh, I mean especially when you your back your third string center is in and that sends a little ripple effect through the and but at this point it was the fourth quarter. Um and hey, Texas ended up getting back into this thing on a 13-0 run to take a 30-27 lead. And our man, Bert Auburn, Zay, he's back. He's back, man. Texas man he's back. Bert Auburn is back. That dude gets no credit 
Like Man. I've been hating on Bert Auburn for a while because he's been struggling and he makes a big time kick in the Red River shootout. And just like last year, Chip, you always bring it up. He's made big kicks. It's just Texas ends up losing the game after he makes the get big kick. And here we go again. You got a minute and some change for Dylan Gabriel and they go five plays, 75 yards. And it was just too easy. It was just too easy. And He's like Bert Auburn's like that guy in those movies who's like the sweetheart of a guy who's best friends with the girl. And she just keeps picking the rock head muscle guy and leaving him in the friend zone. I mean, the guy has all this. He, he, he could, he could have, would have, should have had three game winners or, I mean, possibly the Alabama game last year, the Texas Tech game last year when Bijan also fumbled. He had three fumbles in his entire college career, and that was one of them. Um, great hit by, uh, oh, God, that linebacker, Witherspoon. But then he, he, you know, he hits that. And they're, you know, Quinn Ewers gets sacked on first down, which was a killer. Because Sarkeesian said today they were trying to score like a touchdown, but once the sack happened, then it was like, uh, now we're playing second and long. And that was third string center, Connor Robinson. We gotta say third string because right. we know Jake Majors goes out. Usually it will be Cole Hudson being number two, but no, he's out also. So you're going to your third string center in the Red River shootout. And he plays 70 something snaps. And that was his man. Like that was his man when Quinn Ewers got sacked on that play. And it's unfortunate. I thought Connor Robinson played well for everything that it's worth, but he had some mistakes that you're definitely going to see that are very common for a guy that's basically getting his first start against that pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you, it, it mattered. I mean, Connor Robertson, he went to Westlake. He's a great team guy. He's a hard worker. He's going to be a really good player. To get thrown in to that crucible was rough. And again, they, you know, they had a hundred yard rusher, two 100 yard receivers, a 300 yard passer. It was the most bizarre game, but they had three turnovers and they gave up five sacks. And they gave up 10 tackles for loss. And you're going to tell me OU's defensive line is better than Alabama? No. So yeah. the third string center mattered. Yeah. And Sark said today, Hayden Connor wasn't 100%. And I've been told Kelvin Banks has been playing with a sprained ankle the last two games. Damn! So this, you know, this they need to get healthy. They need to get healthy. Now, I did report today that Cole Hudson will be back for the Houston game. I don't think Jake Majors is going to be back for a minute, but Cole Hudson will be back for the Houston game. And that's, that's good news because Cole Hudson, tough guy. He's the backup center. He started every game at right guard. He, he can play both guard positions and center and they need, they need that. But what a wild game, Zay. I mean, all the things I just said, 300-yard passer, 100-yard rusher, Jonathan Brooks, now the number two rusher in college football, by the way. 
Uh, two 100-yard receivers. Jay Witt goes off. You Jay saw Witt. him, baby. You saw him trying to take it. He heard you. He hey, heard you, know you what, talking though? that. You know, that. you know what, though? Steve Sarkeesian said today, I still should have gotten John Tate Cook some more reps. Yeah. Yeah. You know why? Because JT Sanders shouldn't have played. JT Sanders, this ain't you, man. This ain't, this ain't the game for you. Sorry. I get it what you are when healthy. But in this type of game, with what we saw from zero, it was best if he not played. Yeah, he didn't. I would have rolled with Gunnar Helm. You better go to some 20 personnel, 10 personnel, zero personnel, where you get the tight ends out of there and put Jonte Cook in. He should have had more minutes. That was a serious issue. All the injuries played a huge part in this game. And a lot of OU fans and probably some Texas fans are going to think I'm complaining. No, it's just a fact. Ryan Watts not being available. Gavin Holmes, he got gutted at times. Terrence Brooks, even though going back and watching that film, Terrence Brooks had some really good plays, but he also got gutted at times, and everybody's going to remember that pass interference call on the last drive of the game. And what did then, you think about that, Zay? Because I, I didn't was, get a great look at it, but it looked like he ran Anderson out of bounds. Yeah, he ran them out of bounds. The ball wasn't even in the vicinity, so – I don't like the call, but you have just how much contact there was. The fact Beyond that five yards. That yeah. side, like you have to make that call. And that's the same thing he mucked up in the Wyoming game. Right. You don't need it. You, you don't, don't need, need it. it. You're fine. You're just absolutely fine. I'm not saying he's the only one, but that hurt. And then Malik Muhammad was giving up 12 yards on that drive. So Farouk ended up catching the pass that gained a lot of yardage. And then Gavin Holmes missed a few tackles. So that was an issue. Obviously, we just said JT Sanders. We just mentioned uh, uh, Jake Majors. Like, these guys at each spot where they were injured today, and you just talked about how Kelvin Banks has been dealing with an ankle injury. Like, these guys are battered. Then Jalen Catalan goes out. He goes out early. Like, right before the second quarter starts, Jalen Catalan goes out. We've been talking about this being his type of game. So there is so much adversity for the Horns. For them to lose by four, it does say a lot because they didn't bring their A game at all. Like the penalties, the nine penalties, just undisciplined. Oklahoma, they were locked in. Me and KD, we had the post-game show after the game. I gave Brent Venables his kudos to come in year two. And for that team to play that way, they were locked. In from when uh, my man Woody Washington made that hit on Xavier Wordy for the first play of the game, and then here comes Quinn Ewers on one of the worst passes I've ever seen a quarterback throw. Double slant. There were like three guys that won it that day. That were like three white jerseys in that area that picked off a pass weak ass slant for Adonai Mitchell. And it's and like as soon okay. as they lined up, Zay, OU, like they knew the play. They oh, they knew so much. They're Talk about somebody that was locked into the game plan this week and Sark didn't, you know, he, he was too cute at times. You mentioned Travandre Sweat and Byron Murphy on the third drive of the second half. Like Jordan Winnington gets that 27 yard game, big time game. Uh, wish he got in the end zone, like getting the end zone. I know it's right. not his fault, but Steve Sarkeesian, and this is the arrogant Sark. This is him just thinking, you know what? It doesn't matter what I call. We're tougher than them. And that wasn't the case. We were talking about it all last week about both lines, offense and defense, winning their matchups. They did it. They lost both. Offensive line lost, and then the defensive line, they lost. 
the way that Dylan Gabriel's getting the ball out of his hands, the way that he ran for over 113 yards. Jalen Ford played the worst game he's ever played in his Texas career. So all that, plus the turnovers and the injuries and just the self-inflicted wounds, ain't no way you're going to win that game. And the fact that you didn't get beat by double digits – I, I still can't believe that with all that went wrong. The fact Jaron Thompson dropping picks in the end zone, momentum shifters that you got to have, all the stuff that they mucked up on in that game to only lose by four, Lord have mercy. Yeah. Yeah, it was – oh, boy. It was uh, – yeah, you can go back through it all and you're – when they were down 27-17, it felt like they were about to get run. Oh, I thought that was ball game. It felt like they were going to get run, but um, their kicker missed that 45 yarder. And you're like, Oh my goodness. And tech, I mean, Brooks runs in the 29 yard touchdown run and you're like, Oh my gosh, look at this. Um, And imagine if they would have punched in from first and goal from the one, it would have been a 27, 27 game at that point. They took, Oh, you took it and drove it and missed the field goal. So Texas got another chance to tie it up. And they did with Jonathan Brooks going in. And then the defense plays great. Texas gets the ball back and they are in position. They kick the field goal and the defense gives up chunk play, chunk play, chunk play, pass interference. Gabriel runs for three yards to the three. They're scrambling to get a call. Sarkeesian, or get lined up. Sarkeesian feels like they have a good defensive call, and there's a lack of communication between Jaron Thompson and David Benda. Benda was supposed to go with Nick Anderson, but maybe he's looking at Gabriel because Gabriel had just run, and he's thinking, is he going to run? And that split second, Anderson gets free in the corner of the end. And credit Gabriel, the pressure was coming in. He ducked down like he was about to get sacked. And then he was like, I can't do that. And he just rises up and throws it to where Anderson's supposed to be. And it's a touchdown. Yeah. Yo, that Dylan Gabriel was a tough son of a bitch, man. <laughs> like that dude showed me a ton. And you could tell he's like a six-year senior because he was calm and composed. One of the probably biggest plays of the game that we're not going to talk about very much because I don't think it really resulted in anything, but it just kept the drive alive for Oklahoma because after, you know, it happened, uh, Keelan Robinson got that rough in the kicker was when the ball snapped over Gabriel's hands and he had the presence of mind to throw it out of bounds and they were still at fourth and three. So then that rough in the uh, punter on Keelan Robinson, now it's a first down, and then they just move the chains more. Like, just heady stuff like that. And you're right, Chip. Like, the way that he ducked and the way that he was still just calm in the pocket, he was calm the whole game. I thought, and you said it last week, they were Texas had to get Dylan Gabriel on the ground. They didn't at all. They didn't get him on the ground. There were a lot of times where Jalen Ford had him just head on, straight up. This is you and me. Jalen Ford, one of the best linebackers in the country. You got to make the tackle. And I like what he said in the post game. He flat out said, yeah, I think I played every snap. Sark, that ain't good, man. I get it. Kudos to Jeff Levy. He did a hell of a job, too. If we're going to give Brent Venables love, Jeff Levy needs to love, too, offensive coordinator for the Sooners. But that pace, that was an issue. 
that fast pace was a serious issue. And they didn't care how much the Horns had the ball on offense because a lot of teams are afraid of that, which is why they take their time dinking and dunking and try to have these very long methodical drives to keep the Horns offense off the field. Levy in Oklahoma said, nah, F it. We're going to play our style. Y'all stop us. And the Horns couldn't. They couldn't. And yeah, man, just too many mistakes. And David Bidda and Jaron Thompson, I know they're kicking themselves in the butt. You know, Jaron Thompson, he's too experienced to have that type of game. You have the roughing, the, uh, um, whatever, unsportsmanlike, or just, you know what I mean. He had yeah. illegal he slides and he Yeah, come up. on. You're better than that. And you got to get that pick, dog. You got to get that pick. Even though it only resulted in the field goal, you got to get that pick just because, hey, Sark said it today in this presser. There were no turnovers for the Horn. The defense has to do a better job at forcing turnovers. But all in all, I did not think Oklahoma's offensive line and defensive line would manhandle the Horn's offensive line and defensive line like they did on Saturday. That was a big shocker to me. So Edward brings up an interesting point, and I want to get your thoughts on this, Zay, because the game was tied 27-27, and if Sark was – he was – he, you know, he said they were not in field goal range until Jonathan Brooks made that six-yard run to the OU 29, and then Texas brings out the, you know, the offense on fourth and four to try and get them offsides. They end up having to take the timeout. If Sark had been focused exclusively on trying to bleed the clock and whether they make the field goal or not go to overtime, he could have waited to snap the ball later in the play clock than he did because he he did snap it early. I mean, it was like at 30 and 24 instead of 10. Um, and that's – that's where I wonder, I mean, and he's, he's trying to figure it out on the fly. Is that where he needed Jody Camillus to tell him, Hey, are we, we playing to bleed the clock here? Or we, what are we doing? Yeah. And that's when you could always argue about Sark wearing too many hats. I mean, you got a lot going on being the head coach and the play caller. And they were in the rhythm, Chip. They got three straight first downs before Connor Robinson gave up that sack to Lacey. So in Sark's mind, he's thinking we can go score. They can't stop us. And that sack mucked up everything. It mucked up everything. And then, you know, Xavier Wordy gets that quick screen and gets a few yards. And then you just mentioned Jonathan Brooks getting a couple of yards and putting it in Burt Auburn's hands. But I also think Sark didn't think that the defense would get gutted like they did. That's right. that's that's a disgrace. Like, no yeah, we outs. can say that. Zero timeouts. No Play time tighter. Outs. Go back and watch where Malik Muhammad is. Yeah. Like the first two plays of the game. He's so far backed up. That's an easy dink and dunk. Very easy. Let's just move the ball up the field. And then Dylan Gabriel moving around the pocket, getting it to Drake Stoops. And, of course, his ass hurts us. Of course. Of course Bob's son is the one to make the big plays. I'm I'm just glad he didn't get the touchdown. That would have been even more insult to injury. But he had some huge plays that game. And you talk about getting out physical, the, uh, uh, both offense and defensive line for Texas – the wide receivers for Oklahoma 
out physical that secondary on those quick screens and those reverses and pitches to Farouk and stuff like that. Drake Stoops was head hunting, like Heinz Ward type head hunting stuff. And our cornerbacks and safeties, they did a very poor job of getting guys off the blocks and stuff like that. And then you add that with Dylan Gabriel's feet. It's just, man, it's, you're just doomed for disaster, man. And well, and the Farouk, play in that where he got 16 yards he gets out of bounds yeah and yeah, Malik Muhammad misses the tackle too yeah so that was that was tough yeah that, tell me you didn't miss my Ryan Watts I didn't I didn't think that would come back to hurt him like that I I mean in Gavin Holmes Malik Muhammad Terrence Brooks they've played well but there were just key moments in this game where all three of them had their struggles and it's not like Ryan Watts is out here on some Darrell Rivas type shit. I'm not saying that, but he is their best corner and most experienced corner, especially in a game like this. So that just not having that dude, those Oklahoma wide receivers who we've been saying are very underrated. It's just, we don't know yet due to the first five games that they played. And Mo, you're absolutely right. They did play angry all day. They were just, they were tougher. Texas might have the better wide receivers. Oklahoma had the tougher wide receivers. Yeah. And Dylan Gabriel, he didn't miss much. And yeah, that's what we saw on Saturday, man. Yeah. 113 yards rushing for Dylan Gabriel. The most he had run for this season was 37. So he played the game of his life and now Texas knows. And now Texas has to, not only handle their business and win out, West Virginia's got to lose. I mean, West Virginia's beaten Tech and TCU already. The rest of the league is looks like hot garbage. I mean, like, West Virginia needs to lose twice. <laughs> I mean, they're going to play OU, and, and if they lose to OU, then – they have a loss like Texas does both of them to OU Texas and West Virginia don't play each other. So that's where it gets tricky on the tiebreaker and you don't want it coming down to a damn coin flip. So West Virginia doesn't, West Virginia doesn't play K state either. Okay. State. Nah, what I saw on Friday, K state ain't what it is either. Yeah. Uh, Mike Gundy having them doing handstands and shit. No, K-State, they're overrated too. So, yeah, West Virginia, they got to get blown out by OU. And we know Texas should get the favor there. I don't want it to be a coin flip either, but everybody wants to see Texas at Jerry World. Nobody's trying to see Neil Brown and the Mountaineers there, even though Neil Brown's definitely saved his job and then some. But, yeah, that's what's also unfortunate, Chip. I mean, all that you had going into this game, did pressure play a part of it? knowing that you're number three in the nation, knowing if you get past the Sooners, you got six more games on teams that you're heavily favored by. I don't know, but that Horns team that we saw on Saturday, as good as Oklahoma played, they just – they kicked themselves in the butt multiple times. And this 
defensive line, which again, this goes to Jeff Levy and the credit that he did preparing for Texas, knowing that, hey, if we keep our same guys out there and don't allow them to rotate multiple players and go fast, then they're going to get tired out. And Pete Bukowski, like I love Jalen Ford. I think he's a hell of a player, obviously. But if he's playing every snap at this pace with the extra adrenaline that goes in in this game, which you're probably going to get tired a lot faster just because you're so damn pumped up. You got to sit him sometimes. You got to find some time to put David Benda and Anthony Hill out there because him getting all of those snaps in this type of game, I don't like that. And it showed. It showed. He was a step slower. There was one play where Walker called a check down and three guys hit him, including Jalen Ford. And he just bounced on out of it and got like five or six more yards. And it's like, damn, man, this is. We haven't seen that in this defense. And, yeah, that was just a big shocker. And everything you said is correct. Like, all the success that they had, you know, Quinn Ewers going for over 300 yards, Jordan Winnington going for over 100, Jonathan Brooks going for over 100. And for it to play out like that, that's very just Well, here's the the, the snaps breakdown on defense. Jade Barron and Jalen Ford played every snap. (laughs) <laughs> Jalen Ford and Jade Barron played all 81 snaps. No, no. Terrence Brooks played 67. Jaron Thompson played 64. Baron Sorrell played 61. Gavin Holmes played 53. Derek Williams played 49. Ethan Burke played 49. Malik Muhammad, 41. But Benda played 39. But Jody Barron and Jalen Ford played all 81 snaps. See, Tory Beckman, we give him a lot of love on this show because probably not many do. He can't get credit for that. That ain't on him. That ain't on him. No one can do that. Right. And this be is productive and be 100%. That's yeah, not- this is the first time you're playing an offense that is absolutely committed to up tempo as much as they can. You got to help them. Yeah, that's you get, bad. You got to. That's bad coaching, point blank. Like, I've loved what Pete Kukowski and Steve Sarkeesian have done thus far, but that's that's bad coaching. And I get it. You trust those guys. And I get it. There's guys going down left and right. Jalen Catalan, he got hurt. Like, I get that. But, man, that's just not realistic. <laughs> you can't expect those guys to be productive. Like, you now I feel bad for ragging on Jalen Ford. I really do. It's not his fault. What can he say? No guy's going to tell him, say, hey, let me come out, coach. Nobody wants to do that, especially in this game. They have way more pride in that Jade and Jalen Ford. So, Sark, you got to be better than that. Pikukowski, you got to be better than that and realize, man, these guys, they look a step slow. Maybe I should give them a breather and trust my other guys and let's see what happens. But obviously they didn't have that faith. Yeah. Yeah. So that, you know, lots to look back on and say, what the, but let's, let's give some flowers. I thought obviously it was Jordan Whittington's best game of the year. I thought it was Xavier Worthy's best game of his career. I thought he played with an intensity we have not seen from him. He was savage. He was fighting for every yard. He seemed desperate to me to win that game and 
kudos to Billy Bowman for that hit that he put on Worthy on that slant at the goal line because Worthy was – he caught the ball and he was – it looked like he was going to get into the end zone and Billy Bowman bent him backward and waited for another defender to get there. And, I mean, he literally was an inch away from the goal line and that was – an unbelievable defensive play by Billy Bowman. Billy Bowman also, isn't he the one who lit up Jatavian Sanders, his former Why teammate? is he in the game, Sark? He's not ready. That should have told you right then because that's so uncharacteristic from JT Sanders. Like, you catch that ball. You know you're going to get hit. You catch that ball. But you're worried okay. about your ankle. You're worried about getting open. But yeah, Billy Bowman. Let me, is the one let me throw you. this in there because I had a I had a coach who I trust who's been a big supporter of yours say, you've got to put that ball on his breastplate. You cannot throw that ball high because he's going to get hit and it's going to require like crazy. You got to put that ball on his breastplate so that it's already tucked by the time he gets hit. And the coach said that you have to make that throw as a quarterback. You cannot throw that ball high. You have to put that one on his breastplate I don't know. Or even back shoulder, even low, you know, yeah. make him, you know, so that he's over the ball and not exposed. So yeah, it hit his hands. It went off his hands, but I, I I'll admit, I was like, okay, what the hell was that? You know, I mean, on those plays around the goal line, you got to put it where they can tuck it, protect it. I, I'm um, with that. Quinn has to put that on the money, but I'm old school with it. You have the ball right there. You're a big dude like that. You know you're going to get hit. You know you're going to get hit. And that's on Sark, too. Don't, he shouldn't have played this game. He, his blocking was trash. Yeah. You know, everything. Just he was slow. And, yeah, JT Sanders, he shouldn't have played in this game. So Yeah, I was stunned to see him in the game as late as he was. Because um, that was – it was pretty obvious to, to folks. Um, okay. So this, uh, this comes in from Joe K. So I know we're, I'm just saying I'm okay. So West Virginia has already beaten tech. They've already, they won at TCU. Their next game is uh, Thursday against Houston in Houston. Then they're at home against Oklahoma state. They're at central Florida. Tell me when you think they lose. They're home. They lose one of those three. They that some Neil gonna be Neil. Okay. You know it's gonna catch up with them. That pressure because now Texas lost. Now people are talking about them. Nobody was talking about them before. Everybody's just been talking about Texas and Oklahoma. Now we talking about West Virginia. So they gonna feel that pressure sneak up on their neck and <laughs> it's gonna get them chip that pressure now that neil, neil neil's been living good he's already had that pressure now added to this okay they, they gonna lose one of those three games man they they look good right now then it's byu then it's at oklahoma they'll lose that one but yeah. they need to lose another one then they get cincinnati at home and at baylor baylor's a shipwreck yeah i if Texas wins out and West Virginia wins out, I think them, even though I don't know if this will go into it, it should, and it probably will just because Texas is such a brand, them losing to Penn State and Texas being Alabama, I think that will allow Texas to be in Jerry world. Plus, 
if Oklahoma beats the brakes off them, then it doesn't matter. Like Texas barely lost. They barely lost that game. So yeah. if they lose, and if they Oklahoma needs a field goal to win, then it's going to get a little spicy out here. But I, I can't. Come on, man. Brett Yormark's petty. petty, man. All those dudes petty. They want Texas not to be in it. They would love to have West Virginia in it because that's the only Big 12 team that will, would be in it representing uh, uh, the Big 12 next year. If Oklahoma and Texas don't get in, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, damn Texas, you had them, you had them. All right, here this comes in from Mo. Should Texas, should Sark have called a timeout on that last drive when they had the ball on the offense, or when OU had the ball? When OU had the ball and they're ripping chunk plays, should at any point. Should he have called a timeout to get him? You know, the first play was 11. The second play was 16. The third play was 28 to the Texas 20. Do you call a timeout right there so that you give your guys a rest? Yeah. Get organized. I don't know. Because Sark said today on the 28-yard play where, again, the pressure was there, but Gabriel stepped up in the pocket, looked like he was going to run. Jalen Ford comes forward. Gabriel dumps it over his head to Stoops, who runs for 28 yards to the 20. The next play is the pass interference. Then it's first and goal from the six. Gabriel runs for three to the three. There's 24 seconds on the clock. They snap it. Blah, 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 blah. He finds Nick Anderson. 15 seconds left on the clock. Yeah, he could have called a timeout any one of those times. I mean, right when you – get hit on the quick pass, the first pass of that drive with Stoops, and you see Malik Muhammad basically 15 yards back of the wide receiver line of scrimmage, that right there should be a red flag. Like, come, you got to have more confidence in these guys. Like, I don't know if Malik Muhammad took it upon himself to do that. I don't know if Pete Lukowski told them to play that way. I have no idea, but – that's just – they were playing so loose, man. They were playing like – instead of playing to win, they were playing not to lose. And that pace, like, they didn't need no timeouts for OU. That was right in their comfort zone. That's how they want to play. They're used to playing that way. That's how they practice. That wasn't really like even a two-minute drill. That's just normal practice for them because that's how they played. So Dylan Gabriel was so comfortable, and, yeah, that's just – Venables outcoached Sark. Like that coaching staff for Oklahoma, they outcoached the Horns coaching staff, point blank, period. And it's frustrating because Sark's in year three and Brent's in year two. And in that season that they had last year, the fact that they are having this type of turnaround and they look the way they did on Saturday, like, man. And I don't, you have to think about did the Horns take them for granted? Just naturally, you beat the hell out of somebody 49-0. We got people in our comment section. Shout out to y'all talking about how angry they played. They're absolutely right. Like, the Horns didn't have that. It looks like they were walking in mud at times, and a lot of that was due to Jeff Levy and that pace and the fact that you got your best players playing every freaking snap. Doesn't make any sense. Like, that's mind blowing. I didn't know that chip coming in. I'm so glad you told me because that makes so much more sense. And now I should go apologize to Jalen Ford if I ever see him because I was giving them hell on Saturday. But the dude played every snap. How can you play, uh, blame him for looking slow out there and missing tackles? He's exhausted. 
81 snaps. <laughs> 81 snaps. And let me tell you how long, what the time of possession was, because OU had the ball. Um, 27 minutes? Yeah. 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 So 27 minutes, but going fast, and that that wears you out. Mm. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, CB says Billy Bowman was the best player not named Gabriel. Played the game of his life. He did play well, and he's a young player for them. Um, yeah, it was – it was – uh-oh. Now people are saying all kinds of stuff about uh, what the Longhorns might have been doing on Friday night. Were they oh, out stop. No, no, no. Were they no, out with no. us? No, no. no. Um, I do look, not want to hear that look. shit. Hey, bottom line is Quinn Ewers completed 19 straight passes from the second quarter to the fourth quarter. Tough. Like 19 straight passes. And it, it spanned late second quarter to early fourth quarter. And so, again, it was one of these weird games where 100-yard rusher, two 100-yard receivers – Ewers, 84% completion rate, 346 yards passing, 19 straight completions. And Texas had the lead, 30-27, with all the foibles that they produced in this game. So now they have their full attention. This team has its back up against the wall now. They have to win out, and they have to look good doing it and they got to make sure that, well, I got to hope that West Virginia takes one more L takes, takes an L to OU and takes one more L because you don't want it to come down to a coin flip, which is like the fifth tiebreaker, a lot of football to be played. So there's time to worry about that later. Um, But you know, Again, Jordan Whittington, okay, that's why you run stuff for him. That's why you do it. He's tough. I mean, and God, Zay, were you thinking like I was when he makes that 27-yard run all the way down to the one? It's like, get in, get in, don't. Now, yeah. I thought that was it. I was like, good job, Jay Witt. You did your job. We're about to put seven on the board. And wrong bob wrong and you know the the toss was weird because and jonathan brooks he takes a little bit of blame too because as much as the horns didn't move anybody byron murphy trevondre sweat they're just out here running into each other it seemed like they were (laughs) on the toss play where jonathan brooks and he'll learn from this he's even though he's number two in the nation he's still got a ways to go on certain things once he got bumped in instead of trying to weasel his way through the gap, he could have bounced it out and went outside and maybe went, you know, towards the sideline. Like you see a priest Holmes do back in the day, or, you know, just some of the best backs when they could see early, Oh man, there ain't no gaps here. I'm going to have to make something myself. And again, you trust 
Travondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. When they get in the game, you think, hey, we're more physical than this team. We're going to move these guys. And, wow, that Oklahoma defense, like, they were, they were impressive. You mentioned Billy Bowman and stuff like that. Danny Stutzman, who has some of the worst hair I've ever seen. Like, dog, wow. What I – Lord have mercy. I don't know what's going on there, but to have him beat us, that's tough. And look like that, that hurts. That hurts a little bit, but he could play. That dude, uh, he could play. And he outplayed Jalen Ford. And, you know, they got to respect those Sooners, man. I don't know if we gave them enough respect. And those dudes, they felt 49-0 last year. People have been talking about how they haven't played nobody in Texas is this and that. And they came with all that energy and mojo into the Cotton Bowl, and it showed all game long. Yeah, the linebacker, Kip Lewis, is the one who stoned Brooks. Because Tavondre and Murphy kind of got out ahead. And Kip Lewis, like, once they cleared, he he stoned Brooks right right at the one. So it was it was like the timing of everything was off. Yeah, like the big boys got through too quick, and Brooks, you know, should have been closer behind him. I don't know. I mean, we can come up with a hundred plays, but I just think. You know, once I saw the heavy package go out there and seven OU linemen are up tight shoulder to shoulder, there were no, I mean, it was like a, you know, fourth and inches play and they just got lower and then the linebackers came flying in after and it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a standard fourth and inches defense. We're going to, we're going to go lower than them and then the linebackers going to come in and clean it up. And we're not going to give him any gaps, but, um, you know, he finally took his, took that offense off the field, put his regular offense on for the fourth and goal, but great play by Billy Bowman. Great play. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And it was Sark just arrogantly thinking, Hey, we're tougher than them. No, you're not, not today, at least not today. And yeah, just Brent Venables, he was dealing and, you're right. Just putting all those linemen, there were no lanes. There were no gaps to go in, you know, A, B, and C. That was all clogged up like a nasty-ass toilet. So what are you going to do? Maybe you put in a Savion Red or that's – because Savion Red has looked good. And I like that Savion Red putting it in the air a little bit on that fourth down, getting it to Gunner Helm. Like that was Sark at his best. That second drive of the game where you can feel that your team, you almost you basically go three and out. You have the fake punt to Jordan Winton, get yards there. Then you have another fourth down, and you know, you get the fourth down on the Savion Red Wildhorn pass to Gunner Helm. It just ended up being the interception when Quinn Ewers threw it to JT in the hands, even though he could have hit him in the better spot. If he wants to get to the NFL and be where he wants to be, he'll definitely have to work on that. But still, it hits you in the hands, JT. I don't think you should have played, and these guys got to get healthy. Thank goodness this is a bye week, man. Thank yeah. goodness. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. And that's the other thing. Why not put, you know, Savion Red in? He's been really good in these fourth and one, twice against Wyoming, third and one in this game. Fourth, he throws the pass to Gunnar Helm. 
Um, yeah, it was well, and yours, you know, the pass that yours hit Gunner Helm, that was a great play. He was, I was wide, wide open, walk in touchdown. So it was right when you saw that, you're letting JT know, look, dog, I know you're competitive. I know you're back home, DFW. I know you got mama and auntie and, you know, big mama and the crowd and stuff. I get that. But we're going to have to win this one without you today. It's a hard conversation for a competitor, somebody with heart. That's a hard conversation. That's one of those ones where after you turn your back and have that, you probably hear him tipping over the Gatorade uh, jug or throwing his helmet around because he'll probably be pissed off. But right when Gunnerham caught that touchdown, in your mind, Sark, with the way JT Sanders out there hobbling and shit, you're thinking, okay, zero can go today. Gunner's ready. He's he's ready for this because that's a he could have muffed that. He could have dropped right. it fourth down. He could have easily smoked it. But that was his first touchdown ever. And we saw with Jalen Ford and John A. Barron, clearly you have a hard time trusting others. Because if you did, then those guys would have gotten some Gatorade on the side a couple of times. I mean, I know Jeff Levy was going fast tempo, but he did sub every once in a while. So yeah, you got to trust those guys a little bit more, man. And I just thought Gunnar Helm, he deserved to be out there more. By the way, that who you just pulled up, Craig, Craig Floyd, was that a picture of him and Jay-Z? Is that you, Craig, on the left? Pull that back up, the why not put 17 in at QB and tush push. Okay, hold on. I swear, I was looking at that. It looked like Hove, man. If you got a picture with Jay-Z, and it looked like an old picture, like, oh, five, Hove. Like, it, it wasn't Dreads, Hove, like the Black Aikman-looking Hove. Oh, you're struggling. <laughs> you're struggling. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, look at that. That's Jay-Z. Craig, is that you? Because that's a cool picture, man. I don't look photoshopped <laughs> either. That's a cool picture, man. Yeah, Jay-Z, that's my guy. But, ah, yeah. That's, I hate yeah. watching that game again, Chip. I hate oh. it again. It was okay, tough. well, okay, so I put together the uh, the Texas top 10, top 10 players from the game. I want to get your thoughts on this. All right. Okay, so at 10, I had a tie between Savion Red and – Keaton Crawford, red, you know, we've talked about the, he's three for three on those QB wildcat conversions. He ran for seven yards on third and one. Um, that extended a drive to a bird Auburn field goal. He threw the pass to Gunnar Helm for the 25 yard catch and run to the OU 14 in the first quarter. Uh, Keaton Crawford, what an effort in blocking the field or blocking the punt. Like he had to, twist and conform his body contort his body to get through the gap and then extend his arm to block the punt. It's recovered for a touchdown uh, by Malik Muhammad. And that was like the first big momentum shift for Texas. Yeah. Cause I mean, Ewers throws an interception on the second play of the game. Um, at number nine, I have Jade Barron. It, you know, he played all 81 snaps and the guy had 11 tackles. He was everywhere on the field. You know, he busted that screen and dropped, 
dropped him for a four yard loss on a first down play from OU's 10. Um, you know, that kind of set up the, um, well, that was actually right after the goal line interception that went off Sanders hands. Um, Barron's that play moved him back to the six and helped lead to a punt from the end zone that, that Crawford blocked and Muhammad recovered. So Jody Barron with a huge play and just unbelievable effort all day. Number eight, Bert Auburn, three for three, a 47 yarder with 117 left. Um, and, you know, I said, man, this, this could be like an 09 game where you need Bert Auburn to hit a bunch of field goals. And he did. And he, you know, including the latest clutch kick that doesn't factor into a victory, just weird, but kudos to Auburn for bouncing back. Uh, number seven, Gunner Helm. He was the healthy option at tight end. Four catches, 67 yards, the touchdown, the fourth and one conversion um, from, you know, the pass from red on fourth and one. And um, number six, yours, you know, highest completion rate, 84%, 19 straight passes. Um, you know, obviously all that helped him bounce back from turning the ball over three times the two interceptions and then a fumble on third and 16 that, uh, you know, he was just trying to leg it out, but he, he just carries that ball. You know, he doesn't, it's not high and tight. Let's put it that way. Yeah. He ain't no tinky barber. That's for sure. He ain't no tiki. Uh, number five to Vondre sweat. I mean, the guy is, he's just making it really hard for that, for anyone to run. I mean, their their backs only averaged 3.3 yards per carry. And obviously Dylan Gabriel was the difference running the ball, but, you know, that's that's not Sweat's deal. Um, he's the highest rated defensive lineman in the country, according to Pro Football Focus, and had another, you know, good game. We're not grading him for his fullback duties. We're grading him <laughs> for his defense duties. Um, and Anthony Hill at number four, you know, Hill, he leads the team in sacks. Now he had eight tackles, uh, one and a half tackles for loss. The sack, he picked up Tawi Walker, Walker and threw him backwards. Did you see that? Yes. Body slammed his ass. Body slammed his ass. That dude is 216 pounds. Yeah. And Anthony Hill literally like the guy's running. And Anthony Hill just grabs him, picks him up, and throws him to the ground. I mean, that's a guy who wanted to win the game and was doing everything he could. In fact, today Steve Sarkeesian said, "We gotta, we gotta get him on the field more." Yeah, um, yeah, because he saw how many snaps forty-one had and was well, like, "Huh, man, zero's playing good for us. Why do we have forty-one on the field so much? Then trust the freshman, trust him." He showed you on Saturday that he's trustworthy. I've been worried about that too a little bit. But he has shown you just because he's so damn athletic, even if he messes up at times, he's able to regroup and make the play just because he's just a special talent. So, yeah, man, I agree, Sark. We got to find more reps for him. Yeah. Yeah, you can move Benda over to middle. 
and play Hill at weak side linebacker. Yes. You don't have to just take Bend off the field for Hill. Um, okay, number three, Xavier Worthy. I mean, I just thought Worthy was outstanding in this game. Eight catches, 108 yards, played with a man-possessed intensity, 32 yards after contact for that little wispy guy. I mean, he was he was balling, um, had catches of 39, 26, 18, 13. Uh, and then that one-yard quick slant on fourth and goal, just unbelievable play by Billy Bowman. That They should be talking about that, the way that Texas talks about Stoney Clark. I don't know that they will but because it happened earlier in the game, but that was a, that was a game changing play. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah defense, he was definitely the defensive MVP for Oklahoma. Just the plays that he made hit on JT Sanders and the hit you just mentioned on Xavier worthy, but yeah, it's going to be hard for him to get that love that Nick Anderson and Dylan Gabriel getting. That's yeah. Sure. No doubt. Um, number two, Jordan Whittington, Jay Witt. There you are, Jay Witt. We were beginning to wonder if Steve Sarkeesian was ever going to feature you in the passing game. But then Jay Witt went off. He caught all 10 of his targets, Zach. Crazy. 115 yards, 71 of them after contact. Um, his first touch in the OU game was the direct snap on the as the up man on the punt team. Yeah. 20-yard run on fourth and five. Um, he caught six of the passes from yours during the completion streak of 19 straight. I mean, Whittington was dialed in and he was big time in this game. And then number one, Jonathan Brooks. I mean, the guy just keeps getting stronger as games go on. He had, you know, 22 carries, 129 yards, 5.9 the 29-yard touchdown run with 6'10 left to play was, was massive. And he had runs of 31, 19, 15. Um, in addition to the 29-yard scoring run, he forced six missed tackles. He has 37 forced missed tackles on the season, 6.2 per game. And he had, what, 463 of his 726 yards have come after contact. So the guys, you know, turned into the most dependable offensive playmaker Texas has. Yeah. Yeah, the dude's an absolute stud, and he's getting better from week to week. It seems like he gets better from quarter to quarter. He just stays fresh. And, you know, talk about somebody that you don't trust. Sark clearly doesn't trust the Jaden Blue or even Keelan Robinson because C.J. Baxter, he'll get in there and they'll have a decent run, but then they'll go hobble into the sideline. And that's an issue, man. That is an issue because that fifth drive – in the first half before Oklahoma went on that two-minute drill and kicked the field goal going into the into the half where Sark, another horrible call, that Jordan Whittington uh, jet sweep reverse that went nowhere and the end went untouched. Edge rusher went untouched before he hit Jay Witt. C.J. Baxter had the ball two times before that and had a combination of four yards and two runs. It's like, Why? Why is he in the game right now? Right after they give it to Savion Red on some Wildcat stuff. 
Like, it's just – and then that was one of those plays where they had to kick the field goal to tie the game and not score in the red zone, the red zone woes that come up because then Quinn tries to go empty on the third down and he tried to run it and there was nothing there. So, yeah, I – C.J. Baxter needs these two weeks to get healthy, man. Yeah. Because I – the fact that they don't trust Jaden Blue when C.J. is this injured and showing – and like you could like he'll have a good run every now and then, but just not enough to where it's keeping the pace of Jonathan Brooks and it's keeping the flow of the offense. And that just kind of worrisome to me that Jalen Blue, you just don't trust him yet. Maybe it's the fumble that he had against Wyoming. I hope not. I don't think that should be able to ride this long <laughs> into like three more weeks, but I don't know. That's just a weird thing and something to look at as oh, as the season goes along. But um yeah, man, I it got to get better in the red zone. I like the four things that Sark mentioned today when, you know, he came to the podium and, you know, he just started talking about the things that they need to start focusing on. Crap, yeah, we talked about the red zone. He, yeah. Yeah, he talked about the red zone, talked about not creating enough turnovers, talked about two-minute offense, and the kick and punt return, special teams. Like, that's that's been a huge issue. That's basically extinct. So, yeah, there's just a lot of things that these guys need to clean up on. But at the end of the day, they got to win out. And their schedule is very favorable, and they got to take it one game at a time. But, man, Saturday, Red River shootout, they missed a grand opportunity to handle some business and create their own destiny. And now that's not a thing. Yeah. 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 It's uh, – well, let me see. I was looking over my notes here to see if there's anything else from the – from the OU game. Oh, David Benda. I thought David Benda, stand-up guy, he, you know, said after the game that that, you know, busted play, busted coverage on the game-winning touchdown was his fault. He said, uh, you know, there was a communication error and that he, you know, probably had his eyes on Dylan Gabriel running instead of, you know, going with Nick Anderson to the back of the end zone. And he said, um, this is the quote, he said, that was a lack of communication on our part, but that was 100% on me. That was a communication between me and Bug, Jaron Thompson. I should have had my man and not put him in that one-on-one. -on -one. I know that now. I've talked to him. That play is not going to define me nor define our season as a defense because I know what our defense is capable of and I know the amount of work we put in. So I know that we're going to look back on this and we're going to definitely learn and come back stronger. And when I said, you know, do you feel like you're going to see Oklahoma again? He said, we're definitely going to see them again. So yeah. I, I liked the mindset of the players after the game, Zay. They all, you know, they weren't freaking out. They were, they felt like we're going to see these guys again and we're going to beat them now. Yeah. yeah, they know they had nine penalties. They know they were without, 
you know, Jake Majors and Cole Hudson to where you're starting the third string center and Connor Robinson, who's a redshirt freshman, and you don't have Jalen Catalan and JT Sanders isn't 100% healthy and Ryan Watts is out. Like, there was so much that was going against the Horns. And you could say that they might have taken this OU team very light. Uh, very lightly, excuse me, opposed to what Oklahoma was coming in, just a rabbit animal foaming at the mouth. Can't wait for this game. It's been scheduled since 49-0 happened. Since that game ended, this game has been scheduled, and we talked to Stretch last week. You know they were playing Texas fight throughout the locker room and stuff. Like It showed that way, the way that they were hitting, how disciplined they were, and Dylan Gabriel – 5'11", they were comparing him to Tua, Herb Streak was. I was like, oh, hell, man, that's tough. That's tough. Once he said that, I was like, yo, we in for a long day because he's right. I've been trying to figure out, man, this, this dude reminds me of someone, any Hawaiian, and the dude, nah, it wasn't Bucky, y'all. Uh, it wasn't Bucky. It was one of those, um, yeah, just one of those BS calls that you get unknowns. But, um, yeah, they were comparing him to Tua. And he talked about meeting Marcus Mariota, you know, and he was in the third grade. And I was like, damn, man, I don't like stuff like that, Chip. Because all you – certain guys use that as fuel. Certain guys use that as, oh, if he could do it, he's from the same hood I'm from. If he could do it, why not I? He looks like me. I could be him. And he showed that. He showed that, like, Tua composure and Marcus Mariota, say what you want, quarterback Netflix and him, like, basically quitting on his team when he got hurt and after he got bitched and stuff. But go back to them Chip Kelly days up in Eugene. Dog. Dude was a dog. And Gabriel was a dog on Saturday. And, yeah, man, just a couple of those big-time runs, those are so deflating. I've been talking about it all year long on Chip and Zay here on Texas Sports Unfiltered, how deflating it is when somebody that doesn't look like Mike Vick, somebody that doesn't look like Mark, um, Mike, uh, excuse me, Mark Jackson or Randall Cunningham, when they gut you for, like, 40-something yards with their feet – and you worried about everything else? That's deflating, man. And that happened multiple times in this game to where this Texas defense, they just couldn't overcome it. And, yeah, I like David Benda's mindset, too. I like how Sark avoided that question after the postgame when they asked him, hey, Sark, do you think you're going to see them again? Don't give nobody any bulletin board material. you got six other teams that can't wait to ruin your life and ruin your season before you go to the SEC. So don't give nobody any bulletin board material that you don't need right now. you got to fix your own problems. Do I think they can? Yes, I definitely do think they can fix their problems. But it starts with everybody, from the coaching staff to the players to, hell, the manager, shoot, let's even say the fans at this point. Everybody needs to get back to work and realize that there's a lot of football to be played and you can still do some very exciting things in 2023. So CB says, Cole McCoy told Colin Cowherd Venables would give Sark and Quinn looks they've never seen and it happened. Xavier Worthy said that, oh, you played a lot of joker defense that they had not shown on film. And so, you know, there, there was the wrinkle. But, again, 346 yards passing, 100-yard rusher, 200-yard receivers. The offense, I mean, you score, well, one special team's touchdown. So the offense scored 23 
yeah, the offense, you know, needed to be better. The defense, though, had a tough day, and that's uh, that's thanks to Dylan Gabriel. I mean, I'm going to give Bert Auburn my uh, orange squeeze olipop. There you go. You know, because and Jordan Whittington. That, yeah, man, you need to give Jay Wynn his love, baby. You, you were told, taking away his reps, benching his ass, all this. Ah, don't don't We heard last week. We benching him. We benching this man. Up. We benching him. Get him out of here. Bench him. I said a couple reps. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I'm giving my alley pop. There we go. To Jay Witt. There we go. The orange squeeze. The special. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, man. And going back to, you know, just not seeing the defenses on the field that you saw on film, you knew that was going to happen. And it seemed like that with Quinn Ewers' second pass in the game being an INT. Like, the script. It was, we're going off the script. We can't, we can't adjust to the script, Chip. We, if the script stands, it don't matter what the defense throws us. Who gives a damn? What's on the script? That's what we're running. That's who we're going to. And Brent Venables knows that. He said, hey, let's do this because we might get lucky. Sark's going to have this script, and he's clearly not going to give a damn about it. He's clearly just going to think that, hey, we're better than them. Whatever I put out there, it's going to work on whatever defense. And that's how it looked. It looked like that. It looked like, hey, we're going to, we're just going to go what the script says on play two. And no matter what they show, we running it. We running it. And Quinn Ewers throws one of the worst passes of his career. It is, he's thrown some bad passes like that double screen, which Xavier Wordy was open. I don't know why we didn't go to him. Right. He was actually open. Adonai Mitchell wasn't open. And that dude jumped that thing like a gang oh, of an coming. innocent boy. They that was lunch meat. That was tough. Man. That was lunch meat. <laughs> that was lunch meat. That was tough. Okay, so Joe K says I think we have a good chance for a rematch in December. Okay, so here's the deal. If there's a rematch, recent history would favor Texas because. The last three and four of the six. So the Big 12 went to the first and second place teams playing in the Big 12 championship in 2017. And so there have been six of these one versus two Big 12 title games. Four of them, including the last three, have involved a team winning the Big 12 title who lost to the team they played in the regular season. So TCU last year beat K-State 38-28 in the regular season, lost in the Big 12 title game. In 2021, Oklahoma State beat Baylor 24-21 in Stillwater in the regular season, lost to Baylor in the Big 12 title game. In 2020, Iowa State beat OU 37-30 in the regular season, lost to OU in the Big 12 title game. And in 2018, Texas beat OU 48-45 in the regular season, lost to OU in the Big 12 title game. So it's hard to beat a team twice in one year, Zay. The only team to do it is OU. They did it 
um, in 17, they swept TCU and they did it in 19 when they swept Baylor. Now that was when Lincoln Riley was here, just saying, but four of six in the last three, the team that lost the regular season matchup has won the big 12 title. Now, a lot of football, a lot of football. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And right now it's just about getting healthy and cracking down on that film, man. Because, whew, just that last drive of the game, that's unacceptable. Like, just, that's, when a team has zero timeouts like that, like, I was licking my chops. I was like, oh, we good. Ain't no way they going to go down and score. Then Drake Stoops, bam, bam. Then Farouk. Bam, bam. Then Drake Stoops. Bam, 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 bam. 28 yards. And then you're like, damn, that quick already? Why are we playing so loose? PK, what are we doing? Call a timeout. Some yeah. slow Get the down. corners. Something. Get the corners pressed up on those dudes. Yeah, I'm not saying we're out here jamming dudes. I'm not saying that. But 12 yards seems a little dramatic, Malik Muhammad. That, that's a lot. Like, that's an easy pass, man. An easy pass. And Dylan Gabriel, he just took his time. Even though they were going fast, he took his time. And his composure, like, everybody national media-wise, uh, Dylan Gabriel needs to be talked about in the Heisman. He does. With the stats, with what he did on Saturday on that stage, with that little amount of time, again, five plays, 75 yards and probably six plays if you include the pass interference. But still, man, like that dude, I didn't think he'd be that good. I didn't think he'd be that composed. I thought the pressure would actually get to him because he hasn't seen it yet. He still hasn't seen it yet because there was no pressure. The pressure was on the other side. Quinn Ewers was running for his life the whole game, which, hell, you just gave your top 10 of that game. You might want to move Quinn Ewers up just the way he was running for his life and had to maneuver around with Connor Robinson, you know, coming into the game as a third string center and Quinn Ewers to have 19 straight completions, 31 for 37. Dylan Gabriel definitely showed me something, but three showed me something for real because he could have easily went Dak Prescott and completely imploded when he threw those two interceptions in that type of game. It could have went south. And he did have – that was a horrible fumble. That was a bad move. But still, 31 for 37, over 300 yards with all that adversity. Last year, Quinn wouldn't have been able to overcome that. We would have saw a backup come in. Most like maybe I don't know. Sark didn't do it when he didn't. He had subquin out last year when he was having this moment, so I doubt it he would do it this year. But still, like that's when you start talking about that. And I was good with Quinn being in. I had no problem. That second interception, I was like, oh, okay. You just get the block punt, tie game. Quinn's gonna be fine, and he was just ah, too much time left for the Oklahoma Sooners. Well. There's time left for our uh, our audience to make plans to get to Salt Traders Coastal Cooking tonight for all night happy hour, all night happy hour, kids. Three thirty. I mean, it's already it's already on. It's already happening. All night happy hour. You're gonna get you know the best seafood you've had. You love oysters, all the seafood, and it's all night happy hour. 
So you're getting five bucks off all the appetizers. You know what? Just go get a bunch of appetizers and eat them for the price of like fast food. Okay. I mean, that's what you're getting. You're getting high end seafood. Just get a big old appetizer family style. Take your girl, watch the game tonight. Saltrated coastal cooking. Great seafood from our man, Jack Gilmore, who gives you Jack Allen's kitchen. You know you love the food. So go get you some seafood at Salt Traders Coastal Cooking. Location in Round Rock, location in Austin, all night happy hour. And uh, and don't forget to uh, call my man Tom McKay at Audiovisual Consultations. Because if you're thinking about, you know, doing the big upgrade, we're now entering like Christmas season. So get your get your game on. All you got to do is call 255-8678, 255-8678. Tom and his crew bring everything to you. You want the big screen TV, you want surround sound, you want new lighting, you want electronic shades, surveillance, avconsultations.com, 255-8678. That's what I'm saying, Zay. Yep. Shout out to our Coda text line, 512-222-9228. Somebody said, Chip, on that JT Sanders hit or the Bowman hit on JT Sanders that led to an interception for Quinn Ewers. Defenseless receiver. I went back and watched that over. He did lunge, but there was no helmet to helmet. He used his shoulder, but his feet were in the air. When contact was made on he launched. he launched, yes. But in that game, I want that call as a Texas fan on some petty stuff. If I'm just watching football, I don't want that call. Like we had Quan on last week talking about, yo, they just made the game. They just milked it to where, you know, it's a lot softer. That was a Red River shootout type of hit. Now, obviously it was at Texas expense, but man, that's a tough call. And the fact that it was a big guy like JT Sanders, if that's X, if that's Adonai Mitchell, we throw in that flag because it's just going to look different. Right. But it, it, it wasn't like, and, and if JT Sanders, like JT, you got to sell that, bro. We selling that. We laying on the ground. We passed <laughs> out. We twitching, we twitching a little bit. You know, we speaking in tongues. When they ask how many fingers am I holding up, you say uh, the color purple. Like we, we're selling that thing. And he got up way too fast to oh. where it just looked clean and it was bang, bang. So, And that was Den Ryan on Den Ryan crime. Damn, they were. Real? That's his old. They were. They were boys at Denton Ryan, Billy Bowman, and JT Sanders. JT used to be rushing the passer while Billy Bowman was back there knocking people out. Now he's knocking JT out. For God's sake, it's tough man. That's tough. Damn. What about the uh, Xavier Worthy non-pass interference call that came? I want to say it was on that last drive. Yeah, and, I remember. I remember where these. Yeah, it was kind of a face guard deal. I, I, I would have. I could have seen a flag there. They really, they really let him play, man. They yeah. really did, except for that pass interference on Terrence Brooks. But you can't run a guy out of bounds, man. Not beyond five 
yards. You can't yeah, get all like, swept up. He's like got on my inside of the shoulder pads and it looked like he's shaking them, just completely pushing that man out of his route. Now that ball was completely uncatchable. It was smooth out of bounds, but I just that's yeah. Well, and Gabriel might have seen that and just threw it over there to True. draw draw attention to it because I wouldn't put it past them. That dude's awareness. We mentioned the ball snapped over his head and he threw it out of bounds. Like his awareness is great. A so I would not put it past them that Dylan Gabriel saw that on some Aaron Rodgers shit and just said, Oh, this is going to be a flag. I just got to put it in the vicinity. And yeah, he did. He's, it was like he saw that game in slow motion. Yeah. <laughs> that slow motion for me. That, that Hawaiian's tough, tough man. That, that, that Hawaiian's tough. I'll, I'll give him that. That Hawaiian, he's a tough son of a B. And mm. hey, he came to play. He played at the right time. And oh, you fans are still celebrating right now. So, well, Zay, let's, uh, before I get to the chip shot, I'm just going to tell everybody if you don't like your dentist, we've got Austin's dentist right here, Dr. Greg Eckert. U-E-C-K-E-R-T. Um, and he's he's the best. Everybody loves to go see him. And that's that's half the battle. Some people just like, I don't want instruments in my teeth. Well, you go see Dr. Eckert. They're going to take care of you, whether you've got just for a cleaning or you need some more, um, you know, involved dentistry, shall we say. All you got to do is make this call 512 345 3166 or check them out online at Dr. U-E-C-K-E-R-T, DrEckert.com. And Dr. Eckert's also uh, working, doing the Brain Vault mouth guard, patented, proven to uh, reduce uh, concussions. So if you've got a, a kid playing sports and they need that protective mouth guard, Go to brainvault.com to set up a fitting. Um, Zay for the chip shot. Um, you know, this was this was a this was a tough one because Texas almost got away with it. They almost got away with nine penalties, three turnovers. The defense given ground, um, you know, when you least expected it, the red zone issues. But here's the bottom line. If you can't make, if you can't get in the end zone with first and goal from the one, you don't deserve to win an undefeated showdown like this. You have got to impose your will. You've got to find a way to get into the end zone when you've got first and goal from the one. This reminded me of 2010 when Texas, you know, played rice and they had first and goal from the one and couldn't get in. And I'm going, you're a top three team. You're, 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 you have the, you have pole position to the college football playoff. You beat OU. And then you go beat them again in the Big 12 title game. You're in because you went to Alabama and you proved yourself. 
But if you can't get in from first and goal from the one, you don't deserve to win this game. And that's what it boiled down to. I mean, this was 11 minutes left to play. You have a chance to tie the game. You get in from the one yard line. You're in a tie game after all the bleep that you have mucked up throughout this game. And they couldn't get in. And that's when I said, you know what? It's not going to happen today. And then it almost did. Yeah. So kudos to the heart and the fight and kudos to Jalen Ford and Jade Barron, who played all 81 snaps on defense. Kudos to, you know, Jay Witt, Worthy, Jonathan Brooks, to Quinn Ewers for bouncing back from the three turnovers to, you know, Gunnar Helm and Savion Red, Keaton Crawford's pump block. But when it all comes down to it, and this was a memorable instant classic game, OU fans are going to be talking about this one for a long time because Dylan Gabriel was money. And I think, I think some OU fans were like, wow, okay, that's what he can do. We didn't see that when we were losing to Baylor at home last year. We didn't see it when we were losing games that were unthinkable last year, but they saw it against their biggest rival in the greatest game day atmosphere in sports. And that guy, the game was slow for him and it was fast for everyone else, including Steve Sarkeesian. And if you can't make, if you can't find the painted area with first and goal, when it's in the fourth quarter, it's crunch time. Texas has owned the fourth quarter this season. That was, that was when it was supposed to happen and it didn't. And it led to all the other stuff that followed and it was an unbelievable game, but my chip shot today is a, you can't punch it in first and goal from the one. You don't deserve to win that game. Yeah, that's true. And that's a shocker to me that they couldn't punch it in. I thought that this offensive line would have their way with, OU's defensive line and even though John Brooks stats look good if you watch that game those stats don't match up to what Oklahoma's defense showed Quinn Ewer's stats don't match up to what Oklahoma's defense showed and making the right plays timely plays that's what it was it was timely plays from the interceptions to the forced fumble on Quinn Ewer's to that big ass goal line stop those timely plays. And then the sack, the sack on uh, that Connor Robinson gave up to Quinn Ewers that allowed Burt Auburn to kick the field goal instead of going down and score. They just made timely plays that end up killing the Texas Longhorns. And yeah, Steve Sarkeesian, I think that he was shocked this weekend about his team not being the more physical ball club on both sides. And defense, you're kind of you know, you kind of give them a little bit more grace just because you're finding out that the two best players on defense and John A. Barron and Jalen Ford played every single snap. 
that's bad coaching. Like talked about that earlier. Like you got to get those guys some Gatorade and get them a rest every once in a while because it definitely showed for Jalen Ford. Like he got exposed due to fatigue. But yeah, man, you do not deserve to win that game. You hit it on the head, my partner. Like if you can't make those plays, those winning plays, and when everybody and their mama knows you're going to run, you just got to be able to overpower teams, and they couldn't do that, and that's a big reason why they didn't come out victorious on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. That was a hell of a game, but like that, that one will stick for a while. That that one will stick. First and goal, first and goal from the one. And you come away with nothing. Um, Zay, we'll get to the other uh, headlines. But you ready for uh, to make the right call? Yeah, man. Before the right call, though, I got to shout out Covert B Cave, the auto group family that's been around for over a hundred years in the greater Austin area, giving you that high quality selection of new and pre-owned vehicles and the service is just terrific and you will be a satisfied customer after you pick out the vehicle of your dreams go visit dan and the crew on the beautiful 42 acres in b cave that has seven terrific brands for you to choose from gmc cadillac buick chrysler dodge and ram covert b cave will hook you up and found out last week that our guy Dan Covert went yard on Kevin Dunn back when their little league days, back when they were around 12, 13 years old. So, man, you go yard on KD because he was serious back in the day. That means you serious in yourself. So, Dan, shout out to you, man, and shout out to the rest of the Covert family, especially at Covert BK. Nobody beats a Covert deal. Not now, not ever. All right, kids, it is now time for the right call. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. If you're a fan of just Texas sports football, we talked about it earlier. The Texans went down to the Falcons. We saw Alabama squeak one out at Kyle Field in College Station, which me personally, I'm not too, you know, sad about one bit. It is what it is. Horns beat Alabama and you can't beat them at home. Oh, well. And then the Cowboys got absolutely blown out yesterday. But Nobody is as down bad as Mario Cristobal in the Miami Hurricanes. Wow. Who could have need, Chip, they could have need to win the game. Instead, they give it to their running back. And, of course, the football gods, they're going to come and hunt your ass if you let them. The dude fumbles. The dude fumbles. Again, you could have need to ice the game. We're on the field. We're dapping up the coach. We're undefeated, Miami. We're back. We're feeling like Ed Reed and Ray Lewis are about to come through the door. We're feeling like Sean Taylor, Kellen Winslow II. They're going to come through the door. Vinny Testaverde, all those guys. But no, Mario. No. Your pride gets ahead of you, and you say, you know what? I trust my guys. You know, trust goes a long way. It does. But homeboy fumbled. And then Georgia Tech comes back down after the fumble and scores. And the Hurricanes end up losing 23 to 20. 
probably one of the worst coaching moves in the history of college football. Not just the ACC, not just Power Five, not just D1, D2, D3, the history of college football. That was the dumbest move maybe we've ever seen. And yeah, I don't know. You got guys on the sideline crying, saying, what the F that we doing? Reading lips and stuff. Like, I've never seen anything like that, Chip. And nobody, I got to go. Probably after this, I'm going to go watch the Mario Cristobal presser. I got to see what he said. I haven't seen it yet. I got to see what the hell he said. Because that's the only question that you're going to be asked, really. What you can't, what's the point of asking anything else? There's no point. We got to know the details. What the hell was going on in your mind? And poor running back that fumble. Poor that dude. That's brutal. I think Cristobal was trying to get that guy a hundred yards. Oh, Mario. <laughs> and now the rest of the team is are like, are you kidding? We we did enough to win. We're undefeated. You just pissed away an undefeated season. And Kudos to Haynes King, the yeah. quarterback for Georgia Tech. For they had to go seventy-five yards in two plays, and the dude found the receiver over on the left. He got out of bounds. They had one play left, and somehow, the receiver who he was behind three Miami defensive backs, and he runs in for the touchdown. He couldn't even believe it. Wow, and. Yeah. You're going, oh, my God. My cousin is a big Kane supporter. And I texted him. I'm like, what on earth? And he goes, <laughs> Mario Cristobal can recruit. He can't manage a game. So, apparently, he had some games similar to this at Oregon, but not like this because yeah. – even the announcers were like, why are they not in the victory formation? What are they doing? Oh, he's handing off the ball. Oh, he fumbled. Yeah. Georgia Tech has the ball. Oh, my God. See. It's like. See, everybody that always hates on our guy, Bucky Gobble, for not getting Ricky those 1,000 uh, yards back in his freshman year. Bucky could have been thinking about, hey, it's just about winning the game. That's what Bucky always says. It's just about winning the game. Y'all be haunting Bucky's nightmares, man, talking about he mucked up not getting Ricky four uh, straight 1,000-yard seasons because freshman year, I want to say, had 900 or something. But, hey, did the Horns win the game? I think they did. So that's what's more important. Mario Cristobal, it's going to haunt you for the rest of your life, bro. That is sorry. That is so sorry. You know, I think Sark had a similar situation at USC against Arizona State. So I don't think he'll ever make that mistake again. Um, I think Sark was trying to throw the ball when he didn't really need to and could have run out the clock, and they ended up, like, losing on a Hail Mary. So, yeah, man, you get – they call it the victory formation for a reason. Like, take your victory and move on anytime you get to clock-killing range. You just let that clock run out. That was unbelievable. That was yeah. unbelievable. 
Yeah, damn your 100 yards, Chaney. Sorry, brother. Tonight ain't your night. That's what I'm telling you. Tonight, sorry. We got the dub. Maybe next week. But the game too close for you to be, you know, bullshitting around. I'm just The game's too close. Like, that's one of those you want to strangle somebody type of stuff. Like, this is a team that's trying to play Florida State at the end of the year for the ACC championship, which – um, last time I checked, used to be a big time game, a huge game, right? And now, who knows? And they got you know? a good win over AM. AM's defense is better now, but that was a good that was a good enough win. I get it. Tyler Van Dyke threw three interceptions in the Georgia Tech game, but still, you were at victory formation. You had them. You were at victory formation. That Ooh. was that was brutal. <laughs> All right, Zay. Um, before we talk about these Cowboys, I'm just going to tell uh, everyone listening what they need to be doing in terms of if they're thinking about putting any new furniture in their home, click that great blue hair and furniture link there. It's going to take you to our, our uh, Texas Sports Unfiltered collection and Use the promo code HOOKEM and you're going to get 15% off. And this is high-end leather furniture. You know, whether you're looking to just kind of change things up or have a little different style amongst your living room furniture, the farmhouse look is so in. Um, this is it, folks. You just get to great blue hair and furniture by clicking that link and you're going to be amazed because like sometimes... I mean, when you go to a furniture box store, it's put together with some janky wood, okay? Great Blue Heron Furniture is put together with the strongest, best wood. It is built for a lifetime. It's not built, you know, for the next few years. It's built for a lifetime. And that's what you want. You want beautiful, high-end furniture and Great Blue Heron Furniture. That's what they do. So just click that link, take you to the Tech Sports Unfiltered Collection, use the promo code HOOKEM. All right. Hey, they, wait, hold on, before we get to that, just Texas roster. If y'all need any bulletin board material to have some motivation to get to Jerry World and hopefully play those Oklahoma Sooners again, here's that damn White trash Danny Stutzman with the horns down tattoo and the wackest hairdo you're ever going to see on a white boy. This is the guy that made life hell for you on Saturday. Use this. This needs to be hung up on everybody's locker. Everybody. This needs to be your screensaver. Not for me because I'm not playing. But <laughs> if, if I'm anyone on that Texas roster, this needs to be the screensaver. This is ridiculous. The disrespect, which, Danny, you're also a dummy because every time you look at it, it's going to be it's, horns up. But it's horns up. Yeah, whatever. You know, you know, he's a little slow. He can't help that. He can play some football, but he's a little slow due to where he's going to school at. He ain't getting that good education. So I get it. But this is what we need to use as bulletin board material. That's, Come on, man. That's amazing. That's, that's amazing. That is pitiful. That's is, actually. Oh, that's. Where you know, it, oh, OU fans are loving it. OU fans are loving it. Well, yeah. 
They're looking for their teeth. <laughs> Where is Danny? I'm looking this up. Where is Danny Stutzman from? Because that's he better be from like the heart. He's from Windermere, Florida. Mm. Like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense, dude. That makes like, sense. If you were, if he was from like Bowlegs, Oklahoma, or something, that would make sense. This dude's from Windermere, Florida. Like, he's gonna get out and like go to the beach one day, and people are gonna be like, "What the hell's that?" Well, I played football at OU. Oh my god! Wow, you're an embarrassment. Please, please let them make it and let Texas make it, please. Football Danny gods, Stutzman. y'all were there for Georgia Tech. We need y'all here. Y'all are there for Georgia Tech. We need y'all here. Please believe me. Wow. Um, see, that's what happens. All right, Zay. The Dallas Cowboys. Brock Purdy. First of all, you know what? I'm giving an olipop to Brock Purdy. Because this dude... I did my chip shot on Friday about how every meaningful game Brock Purdy played in, like every big game he played in at Iowa State, he came up short. This dude looks like freaking Joe Montana. He's undefeated as a starter. It's ridiculous. He He's just slinging it all over the field to all of his playmakers. And Dak Prescott looks like he's trying to solve a Sudoku puzzle every time he gets out on the field. Three interceptions from little Dak energy. And I'm done. I mean, <laughs> I, listen, I said, don't give him the money. I, I was on the record saying that on a previous radio show. Every chance I got, Harge will back me up on this. I said, do not pay him the money. Franchise him, franchise him, let him go. Do not pay him the money because he's not the same quarterback that he was the first three years. And it's in his head now. I'm like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. That was embarrassing. Yeah. That was embarrassing. And the defense couldn't do anything. They didn't do anything. They gave up 42. Like they didn't like Dan Quinn. What's going on? Yeah. I mean, they're definitely missing Trayvon Diggs. They had Van Der Esch and Deron Bland go out yesterday. So it's not getting any better from a health standpoint. And they faced arguably the best team in the NFL right now. I know Philadelphia got them another win in LA yesterday, which makes them undefeated too. But the 49ers, we're already good making it to the NFC championship. They got better. They got better. Brandon Ayuk got a lot better. They still got Debo Samuel playing at a high clip. Christian McCaffrey, arguably the best running back in the NFL. And then George Kittle, a guy who hasn't been going crazy, gives you three touchdowns yesterday and showed why he's one of the best tight ends in the National Football League also. So, yeah, as bad as the Cowboys played, I'm going to give San Francisco their flowers because they look incredible right now. You would think that with D'Amico Ryans going to the Texans to become their head coach, they might take a step back. But that defense, 
defense yesterday, they were ferocious and they made life very tough on Dak Prescott. You see Tony Pollard, he had that big time fumble during the game. CD Lamb, he couldn't really go off like he's used to. And when you have the best uh, linebacker duo in the league and Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner, those guys fly around the ball. And they're knocking domes off while doing it. So that punch, that punch by Fred Warner to knock the ball out of Pollard's hands was unbelievable. He's the best linebacker in the league. God, it, it was Bobby Wagner for about ten years or so in Seattle, but he's taken a step back due to him being in his thirties now. It is Fred Warner, and then the next guy, like that dude, his instincts, man. And then he had to run and cover. He's like stride for stride with Brandon cooks all the way down the field. Yeah. <laughs> Fred Warner's a big dude. Like Fred Warner. Let me, he's like, he's six, three, two thirty. He's running down the field with Brandon cooks. Like he's well Revis. That speed's different. They got better bringing on Hargrave from the Eagles last year for the Ontario line. So he causes problems and you got to double team him at times. And then you got probably the, best defender in the league well definitely was last year because he got defensive player of the year and nick bosa chasing you around oh yeah <laughs> Dak's seeing ghosts Dak is seeing ghosts he's seeing goblins anything that scooby-doo used to catch back in the day that's what Dak's seeing it is frightening for him <laughs> Halloween about to come up yeah it's frightening for him and Dak, damn you completely off him like that's it yeah i'm done like, that's it like what about big mike though you know, Big Mike wasn't dealing yesterday. I get it. Dak's making the decisions, but Big Mike, man, your play calling, it wasn't <laughs> up to par either. So that was Kellen Moore out there looking pretty good with uh, uh, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's like topping a lot of stats when it comes to uh, moving the ball up the field. And I know Justin Herbert was doing that before Kellen Moore got there, but still. That Chargers offense, they moving. Keelan Allen's going crazy. Quentin Johnston's in the mix. Like, Kellen Moore's living good. And he in L.A. So he had the beach living in Malibu probably. Come on, man. Y'all trying to sleep on Kellen Moore like life rough. Life good in Kellen Moore right now. That's who the Cowboys get next. So let's see how Big Mike and his play calling measures up against Kellen Moore and his play calling because the chargers are next. Okay. I think the Cowboys are staying out in California. Ooh. I don't know if I like that. Cause chargers that game's in SoFi. So, so, so so back to the horns a bit. Cause you, that brought up something that just triggered me. What did you see that says the horns might've been out Friday before the red river shootout? Is there any credibility to that? Or I didn't. I haven't. You ever heard? Is that just I, our people? You're the talking? social media. I man. don't know. I wasn't down there in Dallas. I'm I don't not, know if anybody I'm, saw Quinn I'm Ewers not, with his sooner girlfriend out or something. I don't know. That's, you, we might have to cut her off. By the way. That's a room. That's from rumor. Okay. Now, I, I didn't see any pictures, but I'm not on the players' social media. I mean, I don't know if that's just completely false or if it's valid. So that's why I wasn't bringing it up. Cause I'm 
I'll try to do some homework and find out. But okay. yeah, I mean, yeah, Quinn, Quinn might have to drop old girl after the loss. After the loss, if we would have won, then cool, happy relationship. Okay, well, hold on. Before, hey, before you start busting up relationships, <laughs> can you take your Perez Hilton ass and find out if it's true? Because I, I know what, you that he's with, find a, it. with a sooner girlfriend. No, the oh, whatever was going on Friday night. Oh, if, I, I, yeah, I'll do some digging. I'll do some digging when we get off the show. I'll have some for you tomorrow. I hope I don't find anything. I, I really do, cause not only is it that game, but that's an 11 a.m. kickoff, so yeah. you in bed by eight o'clock type stuff. Like we're all in by eight, which you didn't see anybody not playing because of curfew or anything. So that's yeah. that's a good sign already. Yeah, I don't know if I believe. I mean. Yeah, I can't believe you fools on here. We got porn bots and stuff on our comments and stuff. Like, who knows what's going on? Yeah. You got, you Jose, Jose Hilton is going to find this. He's going to figure it out for us. I'll check it out. I'll He's going to report out. back to us on uh, on Tuesday's show. What do you mean busting up relationships? Quinn Ewers is with a girl that goes to Oklahoma. Now, after it was fine when it's just 49-0. But after you lose, I'm telling you, baby girl, Quinn might start looking at you different. I, I'm all for love. I love love. I'm married. Me and my wife have a good relationship. I believe in love. If I could play matchmaker, I would. I just don't have that kind of time on my hands. But this is already kind of a red flag, Quinn. I get it. You probably met her back in South Lake Carroll. You know, she just wants a good education, even though it's Oklahoma. So that's questionable, but whatever. I get it. She's a pretty gal. But now, if, if baby girl, if she, if Quinn's looking at you different, it ain't his fault. Blame Danny Stutzman's ass. Blame Billy Bowman. Blame Dylan Gabriel. Cause yo, I'd be looking at old girl different. Every time I see her, I see Dylan Gabriel. I see a, a Danny Stutzman, you know, Woody Washington. I see those guys when I see her. It's just too close. That's all I'm saying. It's just too close. But that's just me. I'm different. I'm built different. You know what I'm saying, Chip? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't know what it was that triggered you right there, but I'm glad you're on the case. You're oh. going to figure oh. it out. You think I ever had a Westlake girlfriend? You think my parents would ever accept that? Come on, man. She could be... The best Ooh, woman in the world. Westlake Chaparral. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. My parents would disown me. They disown me. I, they, yeah. And I, I get it. I get it. They disown me. Or it'd take a long time. She better be on some Oprah Winfrey type stuff. <laughs> like that. She, that. she better have her own and have all these other perks <laughs> that come with it. But yeah, man, that's... Oof. Oh, boy. Mm. Okay, so... The other storyline from this Cowboys 49ers game, obviously, is Kyle Shanahan, who used to work for Dan Quinn. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. They were the tandem that lost a 28-3 lead in a Super Bowl. Mm, tragic. My man Kyle Shanahan just needed to run the ball. Talk about just run the dang ball and yet Kyle Shanahan was the one 
who was taking it out on Dan Quinn last night. Yeah. I'd have thought Dan Quinn would be like, I don't care what happens. If he would have run the ball, I'd have a Super Bowl. So you all need to rearrange some things on that offense. Do you understand me? You need to turn Brock Purdy into that turf rubber. You know, those little rubber pellets in the turf. Okay? So let's go. And instead, Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy made Dan Quinn look like a fool again. Yeah. What the bleep yeah. yeah i mean last last year in the playoffs divisional round i thought dan quinn's defense was solid and yeah. i thought they gave brock purdy fits brock purdy's gotten better he has He's gotten better since last year and that was before. after elbow surgery right right like, and if you're dan quinn like what do you prepare for because you want you know christian mccaffrey's gonna be all over the place he's gonna be in the backfield he's gonna be in the slot he's gonna be in the wide as a wide out you know close to the sideline debo samuel same thing he's gonna be a wide out he's gonna be in the slot they're gonna use him for jet sweeps they're damn fullbacks out here running quick slants kyle use check he's out here running quick slants so what do you prepare for if you're dan quinn if you're missing your best cover corner already and Micah Parsons, he's not 100%. We saw last week him getting hurt. He's gotten hurt on multiple occasions this season, and he continues to play. So he's obviously not 100%, and they move him everywhere. Which is They were like, still doubling him everywhere. He oh, moved. yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to respect him. You got to respect him. But Brock Purdy, yeah, those deep crossing routes and those deep outs, they were open all game long, and it's because – if you're that a defense preparing for the 49ers, you have so much to worry about. Like Brandon Ayuk looks like a wide receiver one right now. Like number 11 out there, he is running crisp ass routes, getting crazy separation, and he's fast as hell. So yards after catch is always going to be a thing. They have so many good players that can catch the ball and make plays happen after they catch it. And that just gives defenses fits, man. Like, George Kittle, I didn't expect him to have three touchdowns yesterday. He never has three touchdowns like that. It usually gets spread out, but it was his day. They threw that uh, little reverse flea flicker on him, and he was wide open on that second touchdown of the game, and he's wearing the F Dallas Cowboys shirt. Like It didn't look like a rivalry game at all yesterday. And, yeah, the blame could easily go on Dak, but, man, that San Francisco team who has some bulletin board material themselves because they probably feel like if Brock Purdy would have played an NFC championship game, then they would have been playing the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, not the Philadelphia Eagles. So they're trying to make sure that them battling it out with Philadelphia, that they could get the home field advantage and try to get to the Super Bowl this year when last year they had a grand opportunity and it got mucked up because of the UCL injury for their quarterback. How about that? It's nuts, man. Elbow surgery and looks even better than he did before, and he's making 300000 I know they still selling uh, hot tubs for his parents. His parents still working, selling hot tubs and stuff. Like he ain't one of those kids that I'm buying a house for mama. Like, no, man, I got to worry about. And I live in the Bay, probably the most expensive place to live in the U.S. right now. Like, yeah, I'm going to 
I'm gonna nickel and diamond as much as I can, and hopefully he has some good um, endorsements and ad type money and stuff. But yeah, Brock Purdy, Mister Relevant, call him whatever you want. That dude could ball. Hey, how good does Trent Williams still look, dude? Dude, he's 13 years in the league. Yeah, what? I don't remember him at Oklahoma. I, I don't. I don't know why. That's weird that I don't. Because he was the fourth pick of the draft. What was that? You said 13 years, so what, 2010? He was in that He was in that 09 game. He was in the okay. 08 and 09 games. Okay, yeah. But Yeah, he was no. protecting Sam Bradford. Not yeah. well enough. Not well enough. That's probably why I don't remember him. But Aaron Williams got him on that corner blitz, took yeah. him out. Yeah. He's an angry, just massive dude and his footwork is impeccable like you should see they have video on him doing his workouts and stuff and his feet are moving so fast for somebody that size and somebody that has as many miles as he does like every time i watch every single year when they do the um player rankings top 100 players where the players rank themselves he's always top 10 or top 15 always always everybody respects him Every single person. And when they pull him and he gets out and moves and he's out here headhunting safeties and quarterbacks and, you know, linebackers and stuff. Oh, man. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, how do you prepare for the 49ers? They throw so much at you. They throw so much at you. They're so unpredictable. I don't know how you stop them. I Like, when they got Christian McCaffrey, I, I don't know how you stop them. And Brock Purdy last year – Opposed to this year, he had to deal with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance being in the shadow. Like, hey, you're just the token right now. But now he's the guy. They traded Trey Lance because they don't care. And then they traded Jimmy Garoppolo because they don't care. They know that Brock Purdy is their guy. So he's playing with a boosted confidence that he didn't have last year. Like, he knows he's the guy. He knows he could go out there and make a mistake and – it not be an issue and when you have all those weapons around you it's it just makes life easy and you could tell it looks easy for him because he just has so much confidence and so many weapons around him so he made he made seven hundred five thousand dollars last year brock purdy he's making eight hundred seventy thousand this year he'll make nine hundred eighty Five thousand in twenty four and one point one million in twenty twenty five, and Dak's making forty million a year. You know what Brock Purdy's signing bonus was? What seventy seven thousand, and that's the only thing that was guaranteed in his deal. <laughs> I mean, they are that looks bad. That looks bad, Dak. That looks really bad. I mean. San Francisco is balling and they're not paying anything for their quarterback. Yeah. And that's why they could spend so much money on Nick Bosa when he was holding out and all these other studs that you have. And they've let guys go too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like they don't have to pay uh, 
Talanoa Hufunga, because he's still on his rookie deal, the all-pro safety. Like, he wasn't supposed to be this good. They didn't expect that. That dude looks like Troy Palomalu Jr., and he's Polynesian and came from USC, so he really reminds you of him. And that's who he idolized his whole life. Big reason why he went to USC, because of Palomalu and just looking up to him. But he plays exactly like him. Like, it's they got something special up there. John Lynch has done a hell of a job, man. And getting Hargrave from the Eagles last year, what Greenlaw and what Fred Warner bring to the table. You got Ward out there causing havoc as a quarterback. It's just they're loaded. They're absolutely loaded. If Brock Purdy's going to play this good, then it seems like whoever in the AFC comes out, it doesn't matter. Like Kansas City's kind of struggling. Like they squeezed one out yesterday in Minnesota, and that's kind of what they've been doing all year long. Like they've been needing Patrick Mahomes heroics in late games, and they're not necessarily blowing out teams like we've seen in recent years. So there's no like big-time team, and we saw the Bills in London against Jacksonville like after what they did to Miami. You know what I'm saying? Like in the AFC, all those teams are being up on each other. The Bengals got the win against the Cardinals, but they don't look like that team that got to the AFC championship last year. If San Francisco keeps playing like this and stays relatively healthy, I don't see anybody getting in their way. And guess what? Fred Warner was part of the BYU team that, Beat Texas 41 to 7. Of course he was. Of course he was. Of course he was. <laughs> of course he was. Ooh. Fred Warner, man. What is it with BYU? I don't know. They got dudes, man. Yeah. They got some toughness. Maybe it's that lack of sex that they're getting up there. They got a lot of pent up frustration. <laughs> Built up testosterone. <laughs> I'm going to punch this ball out. If I'm not getting any nookie, I'm going to punch this ball out like someone's going to pay. Someone's going to pay. Oh, my gosh, yo. That uh, bank thing, man, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Them dudes is focused. Kalani Sataki got them focus up there. That's what I'm talking about, man. Got the focus. That temptation ain't even a factor. A lot of woo sign, probably some yoga. Get that mind right. And, yeah, girl hits you up in your DMs, block instantly. Instantly. Block? Just block them. Block them. Girl trying to talk to you. Oh, sorry. Can't do it right now. Sorry. Excuse me. You know. Man, yeah. that is funny as hell. Man. Yeah. What? Oh, man. oh, man. I'm just telling you. Dak's last year of his contract. Is that right? Next year? He signed that deal. Oh, man. I thought he was pissed off, too. He was talking in the presser last week when they asked him about the loss last year in the playoffs, and he was like, yeah. You want to piss me off, don't you? I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Well, they didn't piss you off enough, obviously. Cause that's the thing. If we didn't see, if we didn't see his best in this game, what's he gonna have for him in the playoffs? If if that's where they next face off, I don't feel 
I mean, they're going to San Francisco. There's no way. Oh, yeah. San Francisco's going to Dallas. San Francisco is by far the best team in football. Yeah, by far. By far. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean. Yeah. Eagles still look good, but they don't look San Francisco good. Yeah, and maybe maybe San Francisco's peaking too early or they'll have an injury or something because you're right. The Eagles just kind of keep figuring a way. But can we talk about my Lions for the final minute of the show? I mean, you got to admit, you're kind of coming around on my Lions. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Now, Bryce Young, I I said Quinn Ewers threw the worst interception of the weekend. I think Bryce Young's interception to Aiden Hutchinson might have been – Worse than that. Hey, that was kind of an athletic move by A. It was, but come on, Heisman Trophy winner. Like, I get the games faster, but wow. Like, if that doesn't okay, better, show you, man. Better catch. Better catch. Bijan Robinson one-handed behind his back or Aiden Hutchinson's interception? Aiden Hutchinson. Because Aiden Hutchinson's not supposed to catch that. Bijan. He was trying to, to juke. He was, like, trying to run. He was trying to make yeah, a move. that's. That was impressive, but yeah, that, I'm I'm with them. I'm with them. They look good. Jared Goff looks good. Montgomery, like they look good. So this week, this weekend, this next weekend, I'm going to Tampa to see him play the Lions. There we go. Taking the Texas off week and going to see the Lions. I got to get with uh, John Brown to see what's going on. Because Amon Ra didn't play. Amon Ra didn't play. Yeah. Neither did Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. And they were putting it on the 0 and 5 Panthers. Yeah. All right. There you All go. right, y'all. There you go, dog. everybody today, man. Hey, go, go get on those social media webs. Yeah. <laughs> I know CB going to send me some. CB, send me some. See yeah. It. CB, Let you got know, that picture. Man. You got some, uh, you got some evidence to help. Per se Hilton. Quinn Ewers, we cutting off old girl this week. Ah, she done. Get you a nice Texas girl. Come off. On that note. Yeah. Let's do it again tomorrow, everybody. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We'll see you tomorrow.